Sarasota's News Talk 1220. 1220. Bringing the news home. 1220. WIBQ. AM 1220. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. Hey, wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Over. Coming up on 836 WIBQ News Time, the Good Morning Sarasota program. I'm Doug Miles along with uh, Dan McGrath today. And uh, there is a, an accident if you're heading on Beniva Road and Wilkinson Road. That uh, just took place a few minutes ago. Vehicle crash with a roadblock. You might want to watch out for that. Well, our special guest today is someone I guarantee has been in your living rooms many times over the years on your television sets. He's one of the true legends in broadcasting. In the history of televised game shows, no name is more synonymous with host than our guest who has guided 19 game shows, including High Rollers, Gambit, Tic-Tac-Doe, and the Cable Ace Award-winning Debt. In addition to his television work, he established himself as one of the most popular radio personalities in Los Angeles, with top programs on KRLA and KFWB, and one of the best stations anywhere, KMPC. In 1959, his recording Deck of Cards rose to the top of the charts and earned him an appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show. Currently, he hosts a daily radio show heard on nearly 250 stations, coast to coast, for the Music of Your Life Network, and he's recently written a book about his experiences titled Winking at Life. Please welcome to the program, Wink Martindale. Hi, Doug. How are you, Wink? We really do appreciate it. It's early out in L.A., and I know you got up early today. When I contacted your uh, uh, assistant, she, uh, we were going to say, oh, we could tape it with Wink, but he said, no, he's willing to get up, so we do appreciate you getting up early today. I've been doing radio so long, and I used to do morning radio, Doug, so uh, once, once it gets... Uh situated in your brain to get up early, you just automatically do it. I think it's just an internal clock in your head. Just uh, You probably think you have a show on days when you don't. That's right. Now, you've written this book, Winking at Life. It, uh, it came out recently. Talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into some of your other uh, uh, things that have been going on in your career. Well, I tell you, Doug, I never started out to write a book. I never imagined uh, a day where I would uh, uh, have what it takes to sit at a word processor and in a quiet room with a blank piece of paper and and write a book. But my daughters used to say to me, Dad, what, what was it like growing up in a small town in Tennessee of like 25,000 people? And uh, I tried to explain it to them and never did do it adequately. So one day, about three years ago, I sat down on my word processor and I started writing my memories. And they came flowing out, you know, things that you thought you'd forgotten long ago. And so uh, I ended up with this manuscript, uh, about 600 pages. I cut it down to 300 pages. And Dropped it around and uh, put it out as a book, and it's done extremely well. And it's available on the internet at winkmartindale.com if anybody's interested. I, it was really quite an interesting experience for me. Now you go back to uh, you said Memphis, Tennessee, and you developed a, a friendship early on with a man named Elvis Presley. Yeah, that's right, Doug. I was at WHBQ in Memphis where I worked. I was morning man there in uh, the 50s, and uh, was at the station that night when Sam Phillips, who founded Sun Records, sure. walked in with that first Elvis record, and I met him that night and did you get to actually break one of his first records on the air? Yeah. Uh, that night, Dewey Phillips, who was the nighttime jock at a show called Red Hot and Blue, uh, actually broke that record called Blue Moon of Kentucky, and that's all right, Mama. But uh, being the morning man, I got to play it the next morning, and uh, the whole town just lit up with this in in incredible uh, truck driver named Elvis, and where can I get this record? And it took uh, Sun Records by surprise, because nobody thought that, I mean, nobody envisioned, of, you know, nobody envisioned what would eventually happen in the fact that this record and this, this, this new entry in the scene in the record world would uh, change the course of music as we had known it to that time. 
Now, you started in radio, I believe, right out of high school, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I was 17 years old. Of course, now I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> I started, I always wanted to be in radio, Doug. I, I was one of those kids who was really lucky, I guess, because I knew what I wanted to do from the time I was old enough to know what a microphone was. So I booked my uh, Sunday school teacher, who was the manager of the local radio station, into giving me a job. And uh, I had already, I had always uh, prepared for it by carrying out uh, advertisements from magazines and, and newspapers and pretending I was on the radio doing commercials, you know. So I, I had worked on this for a long time. I think I kind of knocked him off his feet that night. He, he uh, gave me an audition. And, and uh, gosh, I've been in the business ever since. And it's, it's really been good to me. I can't complain. I think all of us who uh, who are lucky to do this uh, started out as kids. I know uh, one of my I guess fourth or fifth grade projects, we had to do a book report. Instead of getting up and reading uh, the report, another guy and I would uh, do an interview with the other person as if they were the author of the book. So I think it, it gets in your blood early doing this radio thing, doesn't yeah, that, it? That sort of thing is, is what, I, unfortunately, is not really available to kids anymore. Now, they, you know, it seems like everybody wants to jump right out of uh, high school into television and, and be a big star. And... There's not much of a training ground out there anymore, is there? doesn't seem to be. I think some of the high schools, luckily in Sarasota, do have uh, television programs, you know, within uh, the high schools to teach them that. But uh, you're right, radio doesn't seem to get the, uh, the respect that it probably should. Cause it's, it's really the best training ground, as you know. Uh, if you do radio, uh, jumping into television is much easier. Yeah, At least the know, technical part of it. Out there in the hinterlands, uh, in, the, in the real small towns, it gives you a chance to learn how to ad-lib and how to get in and out of situations. And, and that's just great for your, your career as, as the years go by. Now, let's talk quickly uh, about uh, really a recording that gave you a shot on the Ed Sullivan Show, A Deck of Cards. It was more of a, uh, a recitation kind of recording, wasn't it? Wink? Yeah, it was a, a story about a deck of cards. A, a soldier during World War II in the battle for Casino, Italy. Uh, was originally recorded by a country singer named T. Texas Tyler, who gets uh, credit for writing it. Whether it's a true story or not, I don't really know. I never really was able to determine. But uh, during the war, this uh, particular Sunday morning, the soldier goes to church. He doesn't have a Bible, and he uses a deck of cards uh, as his Bible. The ace was one God, the deuce was the old in the New Testament, the three, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and he goes right on through the deck of cards like that, explaining what, what each card means. And... Uh, I recorded that for Dot Records in 1959, had no idea it would be a hit. We recorded it, I think, in July, and by September, it was just going crazy all over the country, just uh, like wildfire, and so much so that by that fall, I uh, went as high as number four on the charts and sold a million records. I still have my gold record on the wall here at home, and I got to do it on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was uh, incredible for me because I had grown up in Memphis watching the Ed Sullivan Show, and here I was on that stage, which is now... Uh, used by David Letterman. David Letterman, right. How was that experience? I think everyone, people don't realize now that show was live, live. I mean, there was no uh, pre-taping. Basically, what you saw is what you got, wasn't it? Yeah, with the lack of variety shows this day and age with VH1 and everything. But, you know, that, that was the premier showcase for anybody who, uh, who um, was, a, was a star, who, whether you were a singer or, or, or a movie star or whatever. When you, when you appeared on the Ed Sullivan show, I mean, that was didn't do much better than that. And, of course, you could, uh, like Deck of Cards, the next day after I performed it on that Sunday night, I mean, it put a spike in our sales of uh, something like 100,000 records. I'll never forget the next morning I went to a radio station in New York to promote my record. And I was in this uh, record library. I think it was a WINS in New York. And in walks Tony Bennett. And here I am, this wet-behind-the-ears kid from Memphis who had played Tony Bennett because of you and all of his early hits. And he saunters into the record library and walks up to me and says, Wink, I'm Tony.
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that he loves my record. It was, it was like it was surreal, you know? Yeah, even uh, if you just got to take a bow in the Sullivan show, I mean, he would uh, introduce people from the audience and it would resurrect uh, careers. I mean, it was amazing uh, power he had for his show, and we just celebrated uh, a few months back in February the uh, 40th anniversary of when the Beatles appeared on that. We all know uh, the tremendous audience that, that got. So I think a lot of people don't realize how powerful uh, his show and, and the variety shows were of that era. Yeah, just incredible. Good just stuff. Incredible. Our guest is Wink Martindale. He's joining us on the Good Morning Sarasota program. And Wink, if you can just hang with us through uh, this next break, we'll talk a little bit about your uh, game show career and a little bit more about your book, if you can yeah. stay with us. And you're listening to Good Morning Sarasota. It's 845. Stay with us. AM 1220, getting you out of bed. Yeah, we haven't found a lot. Ray. Weekday mornings, 9 to 10. News Talk 1220. WIBQ. M1220, healthy, wealthy, and wise, wants to know... Are you ready? Ready! Ready! I'm ready! Ready? Ready. Ready? You ready? Ready, Scooby? Ready to go. Ready. And coming up on 849 WIBQ News Time, and our guest is uh, Wink Martindale, who joins us from uh, Los Angeles uh, this morning. And we're talking about uh, Wink's career, and Wink, I guess... Uh, KMPC Los Angeles is probably like in New York. You have WNEW and uh, maybe WCBS uh, as the top radio stations, and that probably was the station everybody aspired to out in L.A., wasn't it? Yeah, it really was, Doug, because uh, it was known as the Station of the Stars. It was owned by the cowboy Gene Autry, and, of course, again, I'd grown up uh, listening to Gene Autry on the radio on Sunday afternoon, the old Melody Ranch show, and, of course, went to all of his movies, and here I am one day, uh, ended up working for him for 12 years, but all of a sudden, I'm working for this man, and I got to meet him and get to know him personally. And, of course, became a big Angel fan when he bought the Angels and, and uh, lived and died every season <laughs> to get to the World Series. But he, it, was, it was a great radio station. And, um, golly, now I think, I think there's a station down in Texas, a small station in Abilene, Texas or somewhere, now has the call letters KMPC. And you look at the roster of uh, announcers that were on, uh, beside yourself, you had Gary Owens, who uh, went on to do Laugh-In and so many shows, Jim Lang, who hosted uh, many game shows, and uh, Jeff Edwards as well. Yeah, that's right, and we had one of the great morning men uh, in Los Angeles of all time who's no longer with us, but uh, Dick Whittinghill. And oh, yeah. Right. I remember when I came to Los Angeles in 59, sometimes I think it was 1859, <laughs> but when I came here, on all the buses and the billboards, there was, did you Whittinghill this morning? You know, that was the big thing. And, Dick was, uh, he was a little bit off-color, but, of course, that looks, he, what he used to say is pablum in today's race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, quickly, guess your thoughts on, you know, what's going on with that whole situation with the FCC. Uh, any thoughts on, uh, you know, the Howard Stearns of the world? Well, I must tell you, uh, Doug, is one who grew up uh, having to watch every little uh, uh, word that you say on the radio and, and, and in constant fear of the FCC and its power, uh, I was always amazed, say for the past uh, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, at what had begun to happen in the broadcasting industry, both, uh, well, mainly in radio, but also on television, and watching it progressively get worse and worse. And um, I, I always said to my friends and cohorts in the business, you know, one day there's going to be a time when somebody's going to step over the line and there's going to have to be a line drawn in the sand. You know, it's, it's just got to stop. How, how can it get any worse? 
And uh, I think that's what, what has happened now. And whether it started with a Super Bowl fiasco or whatever at halftime with Janet Jackson or whatever caused it, I think it's good for radio and I think it's good for the audience. You know, I don't, I don't think there's censorship. I don't look at it as being censorship. I think it, 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 it's just a thing of good taste. Because, uh, you know, we all, are, we all grow up with certain <clears throat> values. I know uh, I did. My parents taught me certain things that you do and say and things that you don't. And... Uh, I, I'm glad that I grew up in radio when the FCC was on top of us, and I'm glad that they're on top of the case now, and I hope it, uh, I hope they continue to be vigilant in that regard. Now, Wink, with the uh, Game Show Network uh, coming aboard and, and being on cable, uh, it's kind of come full circle that the Game Show circuits are coming back. Do you think that the executives are, are going to bring it back and we're going to see kind of a revival uh, on TV with the Game Shows? What, what are your thoughts on that and, and with it coming back to TV? Well, they, they have, they're buying a lot of the classic shows. A lot of the classic game shows like Tic-Tac-Toe and Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, they've been shown on the Game Show Network uh, for some time now. Uh, but now they're uh, putting a lot of those uh, on the back burner and are uh, increasingly buying the uh, reruns uh, for the network of the reality shows. And, uh, by the way, I, I thought they picked the right guy last night in Bill on, uh, on The Apprentice. I, he was my choice. That's right, I figured they were going to go with him. Yeah. In any event, I, uh, I've never really gotten into the reality picture. I understand how there's a, a niche in this business for everybody. There's something for everybody with all of the tables and all of the channels uh, available now. But I like the old classic shows. I like What's My Line and Match Game with Gene Rayburn and all those kinds of shows. I think there's, there's a real competitiveness there and a real entertainment value there that's not there in a lot of the reality shows like Survivor. Although, again, I... I admit that, uh, you know, some of those shows I enjoy. And I've certainly enjoyed uh, The Apprentice with Donald Trump. And I definitely hope they come back because daytime TV, if I see another court show, uh, I'm over it. I'm over the uh, judges, <laughs> quite honestly. And we need to, we need to bring back the, the game shows for sure. Yeah, the problem with our business, I think, uh, is, is that it, it's a town of fast followers, Hollywood. And somebody comes up with a, with a winner and then everybody's got to do the same thing. Well, you know, the reality uh, television business is... Uh, is is a testament to that. There's one one hit survivor, and then look at look at what's happened in the industry. I guess it's Wink Martindale joining us from his home in Los Angeles. Wink, I, I just want to talk quickly about a show I remember watching as a kid. It was really a great game show. It was a comedy game show that you hosted called uh, Can You Top This? Uh, it was only on, I guess, maybe a year or two, but I really enjoyed that. It was where a comedian got up and uh, and told a joke, and then other people had to try and top it. Yeah, Doug, that was a wonderful show in a great format. So simple and yet so delightfully funny and compelling. It started on radio, and then uh, when I when I got involved in it in 1970, we were doing it for four-star television for syndication. Never got on the network, but we syndicated to various stations around the country. And uh, it was it was owned at that time by Maury Amsterdam, the late Maury Amsterdam, and I had the pleasure of being the host. And if you remember, that's how Richard Dawson really got started in the game show world before Family Feud. He uh, told the home viewers joke. And then, of course, the format was such that we had a panel of celebrities. We had everybody. I got to work with everybody uh, in, the, in the comedy world, like uh, uh, Milton Berle and, and Jack Benny and Danny Thomas, all of these people, because they were close personal friends of Maury Amsterdam. So he could get all these guys for scale. You know, didn't have to pay them a lot of money. Anyway, the home viewer would send in a joke. Richard would tell it. And then one of these guys, each one of these guys would stand up and tell a joke in that same category, trying to top the home viewer. And then there was a, an applause meter. And, uh, you know, you didn't win a lot of money if you were a contestant or a, a person who sent in a joke. But it was just fun. It was compelling and entertaining. And I, it's, one of, it's one of my fondest memories uh, of hosting a game show. 
And they tried about a year ago to bring back a similar format, I think called Funny Money on the uh, Game Show Network, a similar uh, type thing where comedians would get up and actually do maybe a minute of their act, and, uh, and then they'd ask questions about it. But really, this is the format I think they should try and bring back. There's so many comedians out there. that that could happen one day, but it's awfully, you know, in this day and age, <laughs> everything moves so fast, it's kind of hard. The shows that seem to be uh, so perfect and right to, to recreate and bring back again just don't seem to work. I, I, they try to do it with the queen for a day constantly, and it never works. You've, I'm doing a little research here, and I didn't realize you've been on 19 game shows. That's second only to uh, the great Bill Cullen, and that yeah, is a, quite an honor. Job. High Rollers, of course, uh, one of the big ones you had back in, I guess, with the mid-'70s, Gambit and Tic-Tac-Doe. Talk a little bit about uh, the show Debt, which I really enjoyed. That was on uh, cable a few years back. Yeah, we did that in 96 uh, and 97. And it was for Disney and on Lifetime Cable Network. We won a Cable Ace Award the very first year that we were on. And uh, apparently Jeopardy thought that our format for that show was too close to theirs. And I remember there was a lawsuit. And we had to sort of change the format. Mm. We had to change the format a little bit. And in the second and third season, it never was quite, it never did quite have the edge that it did that first season. But it was so much fun. It was, uh, we, we paid off young people's credit cards. And uh, we had a, a, a young demographic audience. And uh, not that we didn't have other people watching, too, but it was just one of those fun shows where, you know, it, it appealed to so many people because we all have debt and we all have credit cards. And we'd all love to see our credit cards paid off by a game show win. Yeah, it was, it was a, fun, and it, it did connect to a lot of people. It was a great little gimmick, just paying off somebody's debt. You started out below, and then you worked your way up to being out of debt. It was a, a really right, good format. Just got about a minute left, Wink, uh, and quickly just uh, talk a little bit about uh, where they can get the book, Winking at Life, and uh, where the folks out there, I know you, your website, why don't you give us that? Okay, Doug, thank you. It's, uh, the, as you say, the book is called Winking at Life, and uh, it's the story of my career from when I started uh, the age of 17 to uh, about a year or so ago. And I'm kind of proud of it. It's available at winkmartindale.com uh, on the Internet. And you're also hosting a uh, national show uh, for music of your life that's heard around the country. Is that a morning show you used to? Over 200 stations, and we play music uh, mainly of the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And that's uh, really the only music I know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoy playing that, too. I, I did a big band type of show, so that, yeah. that's the good stuff. And that's on, uh, is that a morning show? Yeah, it's on, actually, uh, in, in the east. East time is uh, 12 to 3. Out here on the west, it's uh, 9 to noon. Well, great. Well, we appreciate you getting up. I'm sorry we uh, woke you up early, but uh, we'd like to have you on again down the road, and uh, we enjoy talking to you today. Thank you so much, Doug. My pleasure. Wink Martindale joining us on the Good Morning Sarasota program. Good, good guest. Excellent. He sounds uh, sounds great this early in the morning. I know, I mean, 5:30. That's, that's a true professional. I tell you, I tell you right there. That's amazing. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Wink, for for being a part of it. When you can wake up at 5:30 and sound like you've been on the air for a couple hours, that's that's pretty impressive. So we uh, thank Wink for joining us today, and and uh, we'll have him back on as our show expands. We'll have a little bit more time to. Uh, to get into some more of his career. We've barely touched the surface. He's done so many uh, different things in his career and, of course, uh, appearing on uh, game shows. And we didn't even get a chance to ask him what game shows he's got coming up. I'm sure he's got another one in the works. So anyway, that'll wrap it up for this weekend. Thanks, Dan, for sitting in. Jessica and Bob will be back coming up at the top of the hour of the news and then Deborah Ray. So uh, we hope you have a great weekend out there. It's going to be nice. About 80 degrees today. We'll see you. British Prime Minister.